Good evening, everybody. Brian Newbert here from uh, goldenblack.com. Live in his rental car. Uh, I don't know what kind of rental car it is. I don't particularly like it. Um, normally, this would be your goldenblack.com drive home, but I just spent the last 45 minutes driving on the Baltimore-Washington Parkway. Non-native territory for me, uh, lined with both deer and scary federal agencies. So I figured that that wouldn't be safe to record my podcast while driving. So this is going to be your goldenblack.com sitting in an idling car outside of Fairfield Inn at the airport. So this is uh, following number one Purdue 67-53 to win at Maryland. Uh, this is brought to you by our friends at the East End Grill and Ripple and Company, Purdue Federal Credit Union, TNW Design and Build, AcrePro.com, and the Whitaker Inn, which is hundreds of miles from here and uh, will not be passed by tonight, uh, sadly. <coughs> Excuse me. So Purdue wins 67-53, to uh, obviously... Uh, a taste of Big Ten basketball in the sense that sometimes you got to win these low-scoring games. I don't think, uh, you know, Purdue struggled to score. Uh, 67 points by Purdue standards, not a lot of points. I think Maryland just did a good enough job stealing enough possessions on the offensive glass, extending some things, kind of shortened the game a little bit. You know, the final score didn't really matter in Big Ten play. It's just kind of keep on plugging along, keep advancing, keep keep on par when you're, a, you know, the credible uh, Big Ten favorite. And that's what Purdue did tonight. Uh, I think to win this convincingly on someone else's home floor, obviously you have to do something right. And, uh, uh, you know, Purdue played really well, I thought, um, at both ends of the floor. And, uh, uh, you know, came away with a really, really one-sided win, more one-sided, I think, than the final score indicates. Purdue led this game by 22 points. In the second half, they were up double digits at halftime. Uh, I think that, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm still fighting some stuff in my throat here. Weeks, weeks, weeks and weeks later. Uh, I think when you play on someone else's home floor in the Big Ten and their biggest run of the game gets them within 14 points with five and a half minutes to play, as was the case for Maryland tonight, I think that means it was a pretty damn good night for your basketball team. Uh, as I said, I think Purdue played well at both ends of the floor. I think... Maryland is a really, 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 really limited uh, offensive basketball team. That's a very, very long way to say bad. Uh, they are a bad offensive basketball team. But they've got players. They've got three legitimate guys in Jameer Young, Julian Reese, and Dante Scott. And uh, I think that Purdue did a really good job defensively today. I think Lance Jones really showed up. Uh, the Lance Jones that you know he was billed as being when he came to Purdue in terms of an on-ball defender. Uh, I think that you know uh, the final score here, the the box score, I should say, is not going to reflect the job that Lance jo Jones did on Jameer Young. Jameer Young ends up with like 26 points or whatever, but <clears throat> a lot of those came in the final 10 minutes when the game was over, and he had no assists uh, for a guy with uh, the ball in his hands all the time. He had no assists. And Purdue, part of playing good defense on an individual is not allowing that player to weaponize the people around him. And no one else from Maryland did anything uh, worth even mentioning. Uh, Julian Reese, who's a really good player, uh, I thought he was the second-best big guy in the Big Ten. Uh, he did nothing. Uh, he had as many fouls as he had shots, and he missed all his shots. He uh, ended with the big zero uh, on the scoreboard. Dante Scott. I've always loved Dante Scott as a player. I love his skill set. He just blends in way too much. Uh, 
he had favorable matchups in this game against Purdue. Credit Purdue for not allowing him to exploit those matchups. I mean, he's at times he's getting guarded by guys he can drive past. At times he's getting guarded by guys he can overpower in switches, whether that's a guard who ended up on him or whatever. But he just he just doesn't assert himself. And uh, I think that's part of the reason that Maryland is really struggling offensively. One of several teams in the Big Ten who's really struggling offensively this year, Purdue obviously being one significant outlier. They're one of the best offensive teams in the country. But Maryland is one of several teams in the Big Ten that just really has a hard time scoring. And uh, I think that Purdue really made it a lot harder on them, too, in addition to all their inherent challenges. The issue for Purdue was Maryland got a lot of offensive rebounds, got a lot of second-chance points. That's not uncommon for Purdue. That's been the M.O. of opponents in bye games, not Big Ten games. Uh, You remember Moorhead State and uh, Purdue's first two games, those two bye games Purdue started off the season with. Uh, Those guys were just chucking threes. And when you're chucking threes and you're smaller and quicker, which a lot of teams are than Purdue, uh, and you're facing the basket because you're playing offense, you're going to beat Purdue to a lot of those balls, especially when you miss shots as bad as Maryland missed shots. I think Maryland's shooting was so bad it became a rebounding advantage. Had Purdue just gotten five more of those long rebounds or whatever it might have been, you know, Maryland might have scored in the 30s. Uh, in this game. Uh, I think Purdue is good enough defensively for that sort of performance. Uh, But then, you know, the offense too. Uh, As I said before, Purdue is one of the best offensive teams in college basketball. A big part of that, obviously, is Zach Eady. But the biggest part of that is the combination that Purdue lacked so often last season in terms of the combination of Zach Eady and really good shooters who are actually shooting well. That didn't happen last year. That is happening now. Uh, Purdue is making threes. They've been consistent. They're making early threes, and I will die on that hill every time that an early three is worth more intangibly than a three outside of crunch time. Any other three outside of, like, game winners and crunch time threes uh, because it sets a tone for a game. And Trey Kaufman-Wren making a three on a great defensive possession by Maryland to start this game, that was a big shot. And Lance Jones going three for three over one stretch to start the second half at the very point in the game where you do not want Maryland to think it has a chance in this game, that stuff really matters. And that's not Fletcher Lawyer and that's not Braden Smith we're talking about here. That's not Purdue's, you know, quote-unquote shooters we're talking about here. That's a couple of secondary shooting options that just absolutely killed Maryland. Uh, in this game, and uh, that's where Purdue's you know been good. They've been consistent, they've been timely, and they've been deep. They're making threes from all over the place uh, in terms of guys on the roster. You know, Camden Heidi, you know, comes in again and uh, makes his only three of the game. He's got to be shooting like eighty-five percent this year. It seems like um, <clears throat> it's just a really difficult thing when you worry so much about Evie and then you worry so much about those two guards and then the other guys just kill you from deep. Uh, but you know, part of, part of good offense too, obviously is, is, is great passing and Purdue's really showing itself to be a team kind of like those Vince Edwards, Dakota Mathias, PJ Thompson teams. 
They're, they're just a really good passing basketball team. They're high basketball IQ, high skill level, all of that stuff. And again, you saw guys in this game who aren't necessarily your primary ball handlers and decision makers make great passes. And you saw Purdue's offense just run Maryland, who's been a pretty good defensive team this season in circles with their with their entries, their kickbacks out, their reposts, just the tempo with which Purdue moved the basketball uh, against Maryland and its zoning in the half court and things like that just really, really gave Maryland a lot of problems. Again, Maryland, you know, hasn't been great this year. They've been bad offensively, but they've been pretty good defensively. Now, I, I don't know if they've been great from a defensive perspective against great competition, but um, they're not a bad defensive team. They're very interchangeable. They got a lot of big guys. They got a lot of grown men. Uh, again, two more 23-year-olds Purdue had to beat today um, among Maryland's three best players. Uh, so just a really, really solid win for Purdue to, to reopen Big Ten play here. These are the games that are going to decide whether or not Purdue wins the Big Ten. Uh, these, I always say this, it's not Michigan State on Sunday afternoon on CBS that wins you the Big Ten. It's not tripping over or slipping on a banana peel at Nebraska on a Wednesday night on BTN at 9 p.m., stuff like that. This was a game that profiled that way. Maryland's not been great. Their students are gone. It's kind of a sleepy sort of sort of environment. Um, and Purdue played great. Uh, at both ends of the floor, really took care of business in a way that, you know, the Ken Palms in the world on paper would have envisioned this game playing out. The better team won decidedly with decided advantages in every aspect of the game, with the exception of one of Purdue's constants, that being free throws and fouls. This was either a really clean game, a really passively officiated game, or Maryland zone just completely took the physicality out of this game. I don't know, but there were very few fouls, which was kind of fun to watch. It, it's actually nice to see a game where the whistle doesn't blow every two minutes. But that's normally something where Purdue can count on being in the bonus halfway through halves, uh, pretty much. And that never happened. Purdue never got in the bonus in either half, I don't think, uh, if I recall correctly. And that that's a big advantage. Purdue won this game very impressively uh, without and that's something that, you know, Purdue won't want to make a habit of. They're going to want to continue that battle of attrition sort of model uh, as the Big Ten season wears on. But something worth noting nonetheless is when you normally have a 10-point cushion right off the bat that you don't have and you win anyway by what was basically a 20-point win, ended as 14, but it's basically a 20-point win uh, for all intents and purposes – you played pretty damn well, and uh, I think this probably set a pretty good tone for Purdue for the rest of this Big Ten season, and uh, we will see where it goes from here. Uh, Purdue gets Illinois at home uh, Friday night. Obviously, Illinois is going through some things right now, uh, so we'll see how that game goes. I, I would anticipate Purdue being able to take care of business there, uh, but it is Big Ten season. Anything can happen in any of these games. I know that sounds like a stupid cliche, but it legitimately is true and uh anything could have happened tonight but it didn't so that's obviously a very positive thing for Purdue so that's what I got from Purdue's uh 67 to 53 win at Maryland I think that was the score uh this has been your goldenblack.com sitting in an idling car outside the Fairfield Inn at the airport it has been brought to you by our friends at East End Grill and Ripple and Company 
Purdue Federal Credit Union, TNW Design and Build, AcrePro.com, and the Whitaker Inn, which I'll be driving by again Friday night on my way home from Purdue's game in Mackey Arena against Illinois. So I will talk to you guys again then. Thanks, everybody.